This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. John, morning. Welcome to the Daily Tip. How you doing, my friend? Oh, we're good. But let me just say that the uh, Braves certainly had a hand in, obviously, the Yankees and the Mets, uh, you know, demise, uh, you know, for this year. So uh, they, they've taken care of business up in New York. We like to say that we run New York here nowadays. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, somebody's got to run New York, at least as far as baseball goes, because it's a disaster this summer. Uh, let's start with the SEC, John. And before we get into Georgia... Well, no, let's start with Georgia specifically, because I think that's where the story starts in the SEC. Um, They're gunning to be the first team to three-peat in nearly 90 years, but they lose 10 guys to the draft, three of them in the first round. Um, But at the same time, Kirby Smart recruits like no other. They've, um, I I imagine, got the talent to simply backfill all the spots that they've lost, but it starts at quarterback with Carson Beck um, taking over for Stetson Bennett the fourth. Are they able to do that? Are they able to simply backfill all the spots that they lost with talent that maybe they already had in the pipeline or guys coming in via transfer? Yeah, I mean, I I think when you look, you know, Carson Beck is a guy who's been with the program for a few years now. But when you look at all of the talent around him, their wide receiver core is really good. Guys like Ladd McConkey are back. Brock Bowers is arguably one of the probably 10 best players in all of college football. They have a dominant offensive line. You know, again, and this is going to be interesting with Mike Bobo running the offense now. I really think that you're going to see the transition offensively for Georgia to where they become a much more pass-first type of team. They've got some injuries at running back. They're not as deep at running back. But their wide receiver core and obviously their tight end room is loaded. And I think when you look at Beck's experience and this group of pass catchers, I think they're going to throw the football a little bit more, and, and we're going to see an untraditional type of Georgia offense. John, it's KG here. Look, I'm looking at Georgia's schedule, right? And if we look at it the same way that, as I'm looking at a class schedule, here's what I see Georgia taking for its semester. Basket weaving, basket weaving, basket weaving, basket <laughs> weaving, maybe math one. Basket weaving, basket weaving, maybe math one. Basket weaving, art gym basket weaving tell me how at the end of the season that the voters don't penalize georgia that they may not be able to three-peat because of such a weak schedule that they're going to look for one of these other narratives of say a team that's moving to the big 12 or a team that's moving to the big 10 maybe a usc sneaks in there or even a loss comes in the in the SEC championship against the Alabama. How do you, are you fearful that if Georgia has even a loss with such a, a weak schedule that they will be the team on the outs? Well, first off, uh, I think Leatherworks is figured in there as well. But um, look, their, their <laughs> exactly. schedule, yeah, their, their, their schedule is not very good. But 
there, there's no reason to think that Georgia, they certainly will be 12-0 and 0 headed in the SEC championship game. But, I, 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 you know, again, there's a lot that can shake out by the time you get to that game. Look, the SEC's title game is still arguably the third or fourth most important game played in college football. So, you know, teams don't necessarily, unless you're out of the playoffs with, you know, with a two-loss team, unless you're out of the playoff picture. But I, I don't know that Georgia gets penalized. I mean, they're the best team, best program in the country. They play in the best conference in the country. So if they're 12-0 and 0 heading into the SEC title game, I still don't know how you overlook even, let's just say, a 12-1 and 1 Georgia because they've been the best team in the country for, you know, the entire season. I just don't see how they get penalized in that. KJ brought up the schedule, and it's John Chuckery, host of uh, Locked On Sports Atlanta, with us also from 92.9 The Game in the ATL, talking Georgia Bulldogs and SEC. Talked about uh, we, we brought up the schedule. Where is the speed bump? Who's the challenger in the SEC East? Is it basically Tennessee or nobody, John? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the East is a very mixed bag. I don't think Billy Napier's got – as much going down there in Florida right now as some of their fan base would like. Um, you know, look, Tennessee's going to be a good team, but I don't really think that, in all honesty, with some of the losses that Tennessee had, I, I don't look at them as a real foe. I mean, I, I just – I don't think that there is going to be a real opposition to what Georgia is in the East. And, you know, again, um, Tennessee is a good program, and they're on the rise, but I just don't think – I mean, if you saw – you know, you saw that game last year where Tennessee was a much better team than they were, you know, this year, and they got handled by Georgia. I mean, they got completely handled in that game. So, you know, again, obviously things can be tricky going up to Knoxville, but I just don't see that there is any real speed bump for this team in the East. The, there have been offseason issues with this Georgia team. From a better's perspective, if there are more distractions, small ones, maybe, I don't want to give an example of what it could be, but – if there's some small distractions, could I be looking at some possible plays where Georgia may the, – the line may kind of favor playing against Georgia to hit just because of some of these distractions, maybe a player temporarily suspended and so forth? Are, are, is there a concern that there are still more distractions to come, but this time in the middle of the season? I, I don't think so. I mean, obviously there have been issues – in the offseason, starting right after the national championship. And obviously, you know, it was a terrible situation. But, uh, look, this team is not distracted. They are focused, and they know what they have in front of them, and they know they have history in front of them. And, look, they're – say what you will, they're an immensely talented team. I mean, I know all of the losses the last couple of years, but they are an immensely talented team. They recruit at, no, at, at a level that nobody else in America does outside of maybe – Alabama or Ohio State, they have all the talent. They've got lots of returning guys um, that are there. I just, don't, I just don't think that there is anything that distracts them. I don't think that there is anything that you look at that you can point your finger to and say, hey, this could be the downfall of this team. Look, if they lose, they lose, but it's not going to be because of outside distractions on this program. John Chuckery, 92.9 The Game in Atlanta with us, also host of Locked On Sports Atlanta, talking Georgia and SEC. And what is the, what's the feeling there in the heart of SEC country, John, 
with the, the game of realignment musical chairs being played right now. Are people really satisfied with where the SEC is at? They'll be at 16, bringing in Texas and Oklahoma next year. Do they want the conference to target some higher, some upper echelon programs from the ACC, like Florida State and Clemson, as they appear to be somewhat dissatisfied with things in the ACC? Or are they... Are there maybe even some of those, maybe even older fans who are like, listen, we don't keep the SEC, the SEC. You know, I uh, I had a chance to talk about this with Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC last year at SEC Media Days when there was obviously a lot of talk about realignment and different things like this. And he is pretty set on the idea of they are not looking to expand. They are not looking to change things up that they feel like that they are in a great spot right now. And with the expanded playoff coming, I mean, obviously that the SEC is going to prosper in that because again, they're going to have most of the teams that are going to be in the playoff hunt. So, you know, according to Greg Sankey, they're not really looking at expanding anything and, and there's no real reason to do all of that. I mean, a lot of, I mean, look, the SEC is getting all the money. That's what it comes down to is that, they have a cash ton. They've got a ton of cash that is being funneled into the SEC, and these other conferences aren't. And that's why these other conferences are trying to catch up to the SEC because it's all about money. And right now, the SEC is the king when it comes to making money. John, you mentioned we're talking about here about the alignments and the different conferences making all these different moves. Do you feel like the SEC needs to go to a, a, a divisionless setup where the West is heavy, right? You, you, you got to admit, Georgia carries the flag for the East. And right. that's who, so you're always going to say they're always going to be the East. But now what you have Texas coming in, Oklahoma coming in. Do you now, do you now say, hey, we want to be able to play Texas as a regular season game? Or would you rather see you still play the Vanderbilts and the Georgias and the Tennessees and just a couple of sprinkles out in the West? Well, they're going to go for 2024 to divisionless, to divisionless, you know, conference. So that is going to happen starting next year. But after that, the plans are still up in the air about what they want to do, whether they, you know, go to nine conference games or what have you. I mean, that's, that's been another argument that has been pretty consistent. That was a big topic of discussion at SEC Media Days. Look, I, I, I like the divisions myself. Like, I don't like what the ACC is doing, per se, in eliminating divisions. I like divisions. I like having that separation. That's just maybe the, the old head in me. But I like the divisions, and not just because Georgia's, you know, dominating the East. I mean, again, Georgia's going to dominate in the SEC either way, but – I like the divisional format. I like the divisional setup. But they are going to go next year for at least one year, and then we'll see what happens in the future. But I definitely think that nine conference games is coming. I think that the divisionless thing is going to happen. Uh, I don't think it's going to be just for one year next year. I think that this is all moving forward to getting as many of the top teams, you know, in the mix as they can. And obviously as the playoff expands, you know, trying to get as many teams into the – you know, 12-team playoff as possible. It's the final year of the four-team playoff of conferences aligned as they have been for so long. Good to catch up with you on what's going down with Georgia and the SEC. John Chuckery, 92-9 the game in Atlanta. Appreciate the time, John. Thanks, guys, and we still own New York. 
For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.